0: Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy For Me, and if it sounds a little bit different and you can hear the wind, uh, and I can not only hear the wind, I can feel the wind because the car's buffeting, I'm sat in the car uh, on the top of a hill um, near a cricket pitch uh, because Josh is just about starting to play a cricket match and I thought I'd try and multitask and keep an eye on what's going on with the cricket at the same time as recording this week's pod. Um, for those of you who've been with me for a while, uh, I am very, very much um, under, the, um, under the gaze of, of um, Castle Hill, uh, because where Josh plays cricket is really just underneath where, or just literally f- uh, down from where Castle Hill is. So that thing I can see on the hill... Everywhere I go walking is now is now literally a stone's throw uh, away. Just for a bit of context, um, and I'll I'll do my normal bit of chat. We're back to normal. There's no kind of one subject this week. We're back for the normal kind of uh, five five days, five different things to natter on about, and we'll kick that off after a bit of twangy guitar. <laughs> I finished off last week's um, episode by talking about Kier Starmer, and talking very much about the situation he finds himself in with regard to what is either Beer Gate or Curry Gate, depending on which of the gates that you uh, you you want to you're currently up to date with. I don't know if it's a publication thing, but it can either be Beer Gate or Curry Gate, depending on on which way around you're looking at it. Um, and what's happened since then is that um, he's been under immense pressure. Well, we start off with. The right-wing press uh, have, have have pressured the uh, Durham police into opening reopening the investigations to that event. And that's, and that's fine because I, for one, was, you know, wanting the Met police to investigate the issues in Downing Street. So I'm not going to moan about that to a certain extent, but pressure's definitely been, um, you know, put out by publications like the Daily Mail. Um, so um, they then were demanding that uh, that he resign and what he's come out and said is that if he's found guilty uh, or he's f- not found guilty he's found to have broken the rules and issued with, issued with a fine then he will resign. Now I think what I said um, at the back end of the last episode was that I thought that if that was the case he would resign. I, I wasn't in any doubt that he would probably resign if it turns out that he's he's issued with a fine and he's, he's proven he's been broken the, the, the rules. But now we put ourselves in that really really interesting area and I found myself shouting at the radio quite a lot over the weekend about this because um, he said, he said, look, if I'm found guilty, I resign. Now, what the Tories want him to do is resign anyway based on hypocrisy. And I get the argument. I get the idea. He called, he said, because Johnson was under investigation um, about events at Downing Street, then he should, he should, he should, he should take responsibility and resign. And the Tories are doing the same back in reverse. And they're claiming uh, that it's even worse in the case of Starmer because he's being hypocritical. And, yeah, okay, there's a point. But the fact is, he might not get found guilty. Now, if he does, he's already said he'll go. In which case, that puts him in exactly the same situation as Boris Johnson, except he's actually resigned, whereas Boris Johnson actually hasn't. If it turns out he isn't found guilty or he isn't issued, there isn't sufficient evidence or whatever it might be and he isn't issued with a fine, then he will remain as Labour leader. Now, at that point in time, the Tories will still want him to go on the grounds of his hypocrisy. But the bit that I'm struggling with is at the same time, they're also arguing that it's fine for Johnson and Sunak to stay, even though they'd actually be found guilty. And that's the bit, that's the bit I've struggled with over the weekend, is, is that whole thing of the ability of certain MPs to say one thing, to say one thing, to say he's got to go, um, you know, da 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 and we've got to hold him to our high standard, whilst at the same time knowing that, that the guy in Downing Street has, has been issued with a fine. He's been issued with a fine. And yeah, he's still there. So that's the bit I've grappled with all weekend. And I don't know if anybody else can help me find a route through that. But as it stands at the moment, I am really struggling. Tuesday. I fixed the ironing board. Um, and you might think that's uh, i mean, right, OK, let's start, let's start the beginning. I fixed the ironing board. Why did I fix the ironing board? You could start on the point of view that it's a a sustainability issue and then we shouldn't throw things away and all that kind of thing, but that's not why I fixed the ironing board. I mean, that plays into it, obviously. Um, I fixed the ironing board because the ironing board is 20-odd years old. In fact, it's 25 years old. We bought it before we got married. It might even be 26, 27 years old. Uh, Bought it from Ikea, and it wasn't expensive particularly and it's an old-fashioned kind of wooden ironing board if you if you had a toy ironing board in a in a doll's house it would look like our ironing board that kind of uh, two legs uh, and a top thing very very basic plain wooden thing it was it almost looked retro when it was bought um, and it's not because it's a spectacular ironing board I mean it, it does the job and, and and I don't even know how you would rate an ironing board, if I'm being perfectly honest. So I don't know if it's a good ironing board or a bad ironing board. It's a good ironing board because you can iron on it, so that's, I guess, makes it a good ironing board. But, I, but I, you know, there may be modern aerodynamic improvements in ironing board technology. I don't know. I've not bought an ironing board in 25 years, so I don't know. In fact, do you know what? I've only ever bought one. So I don't actually know if there's anything with regard to ironing boards I'm missing. So I can't answer you it on a technical reason as to... I want to keep it because it's a special, you know, piece of seasoned, you know, ironmongery. It's not. It's it's two wooden legs and a bit of chipboard, um, and it's not that we can't afford a new ironing board. We absolutely can afford a new ironing board. Um, it's just that we've had it a long time, and we're all we we're, we're, we're attached to the ironing board. So what? what what essentially happened was is that the 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 bit that you iron on the bit that looks a little bit like a surfboard um that essentially gave way and it split it it kind of split across yeah, a little bit over halfway and it split so we had two pieces of ironing board um and so i've i've glued it together and then it's had a put a couple of pieces of wood um you know just just to attach the two pieces together so we now have a perfectly stable perfectly fine perfectly functioning don't look underneath it because it, it it's it's not an elegant repair but it's a perfectly functioning ironing board it's back to doing the thing that it does and oh, i don't know i i I don't know i know i know i should it, it, my, my, the the sensible part of my brain is saying look you've had 26 27 years use use out of it let it go, just let it go. You know, and you can buy wooden ironing boards that look great and, and will be very sturdy. And I, for, for whatever reason, I know, I know 99% of people have got a metal ironing board, I'm sure you have. I, in fact, if you want to let me know, I'd be really interested to know what everybody's ironing board is. It would be quite fascinating. But, you know, and, and to be honest, I think ours is the only wooden one when I've been around to people's houses, not about look at their ironing boards particularly, the only one I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, and, I, and we could get another wooden one. We've, we've, we've looked around, and if we got another one, we would get another wooden ironing board, but I just, I'm not ready to let the ironing board go. Wednesday. Oh, my giddy-ank, crypto's dropped off a cliff. I know we haven't talked ki- uh, crypto for a little while, and I had a message through um, this week uh, from John uh, Darm's on uh, on Facebook about crypto. And it has dropped off a cliff. I mean, my—if you don't remember the story or you forget the details—I was—I was given some money that uh, I bought a friend a a, a, um, a recorder because I got a deal, and he gave me the money, and he gave me the money in crypto, and I've got it in crow. That's my—that's my. The crypto I own is crow. Uh, and I don't understand the various bits and things of crypto. I really don't understand it. But I got this money in Crow and it was the equivalent of 125 quid. And it, at one point it was over two grand. This 125 quid went up within a year, went up to over two grand. Uh, and we've had this conversation I've decided I'm going to leave it in for the long haul. And the idea is that if I leave it there for you know the next 10, 15 years, that, that I can buy a small island or something with it. Um, anyway, it's, it's crashed and it's burnt. Um, so I mean not look it's still five hundred and whatever quid it's not it's not the end of the world uh in fact um at some point i'll i'll I'll, I'll check and find out exactly what it is in the moment of recording um but it's not it's not fallen off you know it's not fallen it's not that i mean I'm still well up on the day i'm still i've still taken my cash. And my cash is still worth four times more than it was when I started, or at least last time I checked, it was worth about four times more than I started. So it's not it's not end-of-the-world territory, but there's no doubt it's it's not where it, it's what it was. And of course, I missed I missed the point I should have done, which I should have at two grand, I should have taken it out. And I should have waited for today, and I should now be buying two grand's worth. At today's at today's rate, that's what the clever, that's what the smart investor would have done, and of course I've not I've not done that. Um, you know I'm I'm now sat looking at, at at it is where it is, and of course I feel a little bit bad because I did kind of I mean at the end of the day I probably did say you know investments can go up as much as they can go down, but uh, or probably actually investments can go down as much as they can go up. But but I, I know a few of you did actually get a bit of crypto on the back of on the back of the conversation. Um, so if you bought and you probably didn't get it at the rate I got because I got in when the crow was really, really, really low then you're probably you're probably looking at you might even be into a negative so I kind of feel I need to apologise for that I'm sure it'll bounce back I, I, the thing is I don't understand what drives it it's obviously some form of economic situation, global economic situation, that's driving it, and I'm not quite entirely sure what it is. All I hoped was that I'd be that fairy tale story that you sort of said, "Well, oh, wouldn't you believe it? I had 100 quid, I sunk it into crypto, and next thing I'm a millionaire." And it's not actually, uh, yeah, it's not happened yet. Thursday. What the hell is going on in Northern Ireland? We can't say we're surprised that um, that Sinn Féin got the largest party. I think that was coming. I think everybody predicted that. I think the DUP have been in trouble ever since they cozied up to Theresa May. If I'm being perfectly honest, and obviously you know we know we know the protocol uh, is a big issue. We know the Brexit deal is a big issue. We know there's a, there's 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 problems there, um, but we know the DUP are going to walk out and they're not going to, they're not going to effectively allow the power sharing to start. Uh, it's not a case of continue. It's a case of it won't even start because they're not going to put somebody forward for deputy first minister. So therefore power sharing, well, if you're not prepared to share, then power sharing by definition can't work. And power sharing is, a, a, you know, is, is a, is a big part of the, what was the, you know, the Belfast of the Good Friday agreement. So, um, but it's, the, again, I'm, I'm kind of back round to that bit I was earlier on about Keir Starmer, which is I'm I'm looking at and listening to what's coming out of of, of ministers' mouths and DUP's uh, ministers' mouths as well, or DUP representatives' mouths, and I'm I'm trying I'm trying not to scream. You you brokered, agreed, and signed this deal, this thing that you hate. And you don't hate it for a practical reason. They don't hate the the um, the, the the protocol for a practical reason because it, in Ireland it's it's working. I mean, in essence, what you've got is you've now got a situation where it's harder to get goods from the the you know mainland UK into Northern Ireland. That has become harder to do because we have this border down the Irish Sea. So, however light touch it is, we have a border down the Irish Sea. So we've now got a situation where it's hard to get goods. And, it, and you can argue the toss about whether it's harder to do it to the point where it's not relevant anymore, not practical, or whether it really is hard. But we'll leave that one aside. The fact is it is not the same as it was. So it's harder to get goods from, from, from the mainland to Northern Ireland than it was before. What's not changed is the ability for Northern Ireland to trade with Southern Ireland and then by default the EU. So Northern Ireland is growing faster than any other part of the United Kingdom. And the reason why it's growing faster than other part of the United Kingdom, well, it, and actually you could argue it's not growing faster, but the fact is because it's not got issues with its trading arrangements with the rest of the EU. What's what's holding the UK back, the, the rest of the UK back, is it's now far more complicated to trade with our big, to, you know, to, to work with our biggest trading partner. That's that's ultimately the problem. So you're not getting that in Northern Ireland. So there's no, this is not an economic impact on Northern Ireland that's not what we're talking about here what we're talking about is a group of people who ideologically want to be as close as possible to the rest of the uk they want to be as close as possible you know i mean if you could join it together that's what they want they want to glue northern ireland back somewhere onto the you know what would probably be the scottish you know north northwest coastline and 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 that's how it, they'd rather it was, and if they could detach it from the rest of Ireland, they would do they would do so with 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 glee, I would imagine. But of course, that's practically not possible. But the fact that you've put up this theoretical trading wall has now meant that people are walking away f- from government, essentially from governance, from 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 actually from actually reflecting and respecting and working for the constituents that have voted for them in the last election. And I kinda of don't get it for one. And then I kind of can't just get my head around this whole thing of, you know, the EU's done something wrong. The EU the EU en masse, en masse, which was difficult to do as part of the as part of the whole negotiation, took an agreement that we put forward and said, yeah, we can work with that and signed it. And we now want to rip that up and we're blaming the EU. We're blaming the EU for this problem and it's got nothing to do with the EU. And it's just so frustrating because, again, people are standing there with straight faces and they're lying. They're just lying because it suits them. And because if you say, you know, I mean, Liz Truss, I mean, this is all part of a leadership thing. Liz Truss is talking so, she's talking this up so, so much. And it's just because it'll make her appear strong, and because she thinks this 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 could get to the leadership in the way that "Get Brexit Done" got Boris the leadership. And it's just absolutely, it's just I don't know. It's just I'm kind of beyond. I'm kind of beyond it really. But I, I just we have we've, we've got a government that's had any sense of irony removed. I don't I don't I don't know what the procedure is irony dectomy of some description. I don't know what it would be. It'd have to be. A, it'd have to be a, to me, of something, wouldn't it? Iron, irony, to me, that wouldn't work. As in lobotomy. I don't know what it is. What is it? Where you take irony away, there must be a name for it, and it must have been done. And I don't know. Is it a syringe? I haven't got a clue. But something, something's happened, um, for their, them to be able to talk with such a straight face about such absurd nonsense. Friday Of all the things that you do when you're walking around the house that are really annoying I think I've managed to get the one that's possibly more annoying than stubbing your toe on the corner of a piece of furniture Um there's not the same amount of Lego around as there used to be, so I don't tend to walk over bits of Lego in the way that I used to. And stubbing your toe is really, 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 really irritating. But I think I've arrived at one that seems to be happy more often, and he's similarly as 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 irritating. I don't quite know how to get around it other than finding some way of marking the jug. But and I don't know how many of you use a, a cafetiere to make your coffee. I've I'm a big cafetiere user, so don't have a don't have a, a thingy machine a you know a, a nespresso machine or whatever the various incarnations of so i make coffee in the in the cafe chair. and the only thing about making coffee in a cafetiere is if you put just a little bit too much water and therefore a little bit too much coffee uh, and everything into a cafe chair when you go to plunge it Particularly if you plunge it too quick, but it doesn't matter. In some instances, it doesn't matter how slow you do it. You get you get a kind of a. And there's no better way of putting it than than kind of a coffee ejaculation, really. I don't I don't know if there's a better phrase for that. Um, well, I'm sure there's a better phrase for it. I don't know if there's a more accurate phrase for it. Um, and it's kind of a, a a relatively involuntary, as it seems, explosion of coffee, and it goes everywhere and it's not just like a little bit of water because it's water and coffee grounds so it's 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 a little bit harder to clean up it's a little bit messier you know it's it's any number of pieces of kitchen roll and then then to try and but it's when it happens particularly if you think you've you've nailed it and it seems to i don't know from day to day it doesn't seem to be the same amount of of amount of coffee in the cafe chair that seems to cause it so some days i can put it in and go i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine there's there's no there's no you know there's going to be no spurt here. I'm absolutely fine. And then you you and you go really gentle with the whole with the whole uh, you know with the whole plunger. And then you still get your little wee coffee ejaculation. And I, I'm only saying it because it happened this morning. And it's still and it and it just made me realise it's one of the most frustrating things in my house is this. And I don't seem to be able to accurately train myself. Or, or make myself adept enough that it isn't it isn't necessarily going to happen um, so I, I mean it might be I'm the only one that has this problem if I am maybe I should get an espresso machine if there's anything you've got in your life that's the same and as it clearly is you know rankles you in the way you can probably tell this rankles me then I'd be really interested to know what it is uh, I'm gonna go and watch the rest of cricket um, mainly because it's really hot in the car um you know it's, it's it's only 16 degrees and it 's breezy out so it's not particularly cold, but under the glass it 's really really warm, so i 'm going to get out and watch the rest of cricket uh, I hope you've got a good week um and I hope you're well uh, and I hope you're looking forward to the to the weekend um i'm looking forward to seeing Sheffield United playing the first leg of the playoffs tomorrow against Nottingham Forest that's going to be great uh, and outside of that, I wish you a great weekend i'll speak to you i 'll speak to you soon If you enjoyed therapy for me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.